Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. It's the weakness of our flesh, and if we don't understand that, it's always going to have its power over us. Jesus died to sin. He bought sin in his body, and he paid the price. With Pastor Jay Petty. That's not who I am. That's not who I am in Jesus. That's not who I am, because God has given me a new beginning. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. It's like God is saying, I don't live there. And if you're going to live there, you're going to be a miserable person. But he says, now, now, instead of doing the things you used to do, now do these things. Present your person, your body, your mind, your life unto the things that are pleasing to God. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday sermon. In Romans 7, 6, it says, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what what we were held by. In other words, we're held by it. We lived under it, no matter who we are. Growing growing up as a child, I remember, uh, you know, this thing about the law. You know, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt live this way, blah, 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 blah. And you were governed by it. And when you didn't do it, even even if you didn't know God, even if you didn't even know about God, you were still governed by it. And what Jesus did, he came to free us from that very thing that that could not bring life. It couldn't bring anything into our lives unless we live by all of it. Anyone who lives under the law has to live by every part of it. That's why Jesus said, not one, not one dot, what one comma will pass away from the law until it is fulfilled. And what he was really saying until he fulfilled the law, and could set it aside so that we could begin to live in a different and new beginning and a new way. Here's what he says, died to, we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. God never intended for his people to serve in the oldness of the letter. He intended for us to serve him in, in the spirit. That's why we cry, oh Lord, bring your spirit. Oh Lord, descend upon us in your presence, oh God. Oh God, lead us by your spirit. Oh God, speak to us, show us, teach us. He does all that because of that newness of the spirit, not the oldness of the letter. Ezekiel 36, 25 says, Then I shall sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. Now that means that he's taken all the impurity out. It means he's forgiven everything that we've ever done. This is what he does. And this is what he's saying. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols from everything that we ever did, any place we ever walked. If you're a Christian, there should be no shame on you. 
You should be free, completely free. And, that, and, you know, God would like us to know that, that what he did, he did for us so that he could deal with all the stuff that was in the way. Now, the law is good. It's righteous. It's holy. It's pure. But there's no way that you and I could ever live up under it, no matter who we are. Amazing thing is when we try, we see our own failures. And you know what we end up doing? Is repenting a lot. Oh, Lord, forgive me for that. Oh, Lord, forgive me from that. Instead of realizing that we're free of it. We're free to live a new life. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out and your uh, uh, out of your flesh and give you a heart I mean heart of stone give you a heart of uh, a heart of flesh which means a pliable heart in other words what he said he was going to do he's going to take that hard rock thing that is so determined to do its own will he was going to remove it isn't it amazing that Israel could never live up under it Anybody ever reads the Old Testament? We see what they did. In fact, there were cycles in the judges where they just lived from one cycle to the next. And then they would repent and be restored, and then they'd go back and do it again. That's how most people live when they live up under it. They can't get free of it. They can't get free of the, of the sin that they feel in their hearts. God didn't want religion. God wanted you. And, and, and he's saying, I will put my spirit within you and cause you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. So what God is saying is that he was going to give us his spirit and then he was going to help us to live the life that he wants us to live. How does he do it? I'll tell you what, he does it by spirit. And it's in here. And we and when we do things we know are not pleasing to him, you know what we do? We fill it. And we already know in our mind we should be doing that. We shouldn't be acting that way. We shouldn't be living that way. And and we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, Don't do that. That's what he does. That's how he works in us. He works in us to bring us forward in spiritual growth. And I don't care. You can be all by yourself or somewhere else. And when you do something you know you're not supposed to do, the first thing you feel is you feel like, you know, I shouldn't be doing this. So God puts a spirit in us to move us closer to him and to bring transformation in our lives so that we begin to grow in the things that he has for us. He begins to whisper to us in our hearts, come close to me. Come away from that. Walk with me. 
Romans 2.27 says, and will not the physical, uh, and will not the phys physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you, boy, that doesn't make any sense, and will not the, the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who, even with your written code and circumcision, are transgressors of the law. For it is not the Jew who is one outwardly, nor circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision that is in of the heart, in the spirit, not of the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So what am I talking about? In the Old Testament, the seal of righteousness was circumcision. Every male child had to be circumcised because it marked for them the righteousness of God as the people of God. Now Abraham was not circumcised until he believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. And then circumcision came. <clears throat> well, what is he really saying here? He's saying circumcision really doesn't matter. Not circumcision in the flesh. It's circumcision of the heart. It's when you believe in Jesus and he circumcises your heart and you're born again. That's the true Jew. That's what he's really saying. The true Jew are those who are circumcised in here. We are the people of God. We are the elect of God. And he said, it, none of this is by the law, it's by the Spirit. It is by faith when we believe. Well, where is this going? It's going to cause us to realize that we belong to him. That he bought us and paid for us. And he wants us to follow him. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Holy Spirit, we want to fill your presence. God, we want to touch with you. We want to know you, Lord. That's really what it becomes about, knowing him. And in knowing him, learning to walk with him. Part of the problem with humankind is that we see our actions. And when we see our actions, we begin to actually uh, beat ourselves up for the actions that we take. God is trying to get the church to move away from one thing to another because that's where true liberty is. It's, it's in the actuation of being justified or quitted of everything so that you can be free to walk with him, free to serve him, free to know him fully. I got, you, I got a little thing for you. Your life doesn't belong to you. Your life belongs to him.
because it's he who is in you. Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism of death. In other words, you know that thing we do in the water, we baptize and, you know, we, we, we died to sin and we're raised to, to life. And it says that when we believe by faith, that's exactly what happened. We were buried with him into a baptism of death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, even so, we should walk in the newness of life. I get back to that newness of life, walking in a different place, walking under a different plan, serving in a different way, letting the old go, taking on the new. A new life, a new beginning, a new future, a new uh, a direction for each one of us. And that direction now is pointed out by God in our life as he reveals to us as we walk, as we walk with him. We begin to walk in that new life, the life of the Spirit, the life of God in us. You're not by yourself. No matter what, no matter what you're going through, you're not by yourself. It's God in you. And let me tell you something. He's not going to quit on you. He's not going to quit working on you. He's not going to give up on you. He's going to keep working in you and trying to move you to that place where he wants you to be. Well, that's a hard thing. It's hard when we start to fight God. We don't want to go, and he says, oh, yes. And you know what? It's a pretty miserable place to be right there because we're struggling within ourselves and we're struggling with God and we, and we can't find peace in the midst of it. And God's saying, just let it, that go. Move forward. Move into the life that I've chosen for you, this life that I've given you. Move in it. Move in the direction that I'm calling you to come. Well, that's becomes the issue of our heart. God cannot be unfaithful to himself. So if he's in you, he's not going to, even though you might be unfaithful to him, he's not going to be unfaithful to you. And he's never going to quit working on you to draw you into the plan that he has for you. If you step back, it's a miserable place to be. Because I'm telling you, it's God in you. And you're not going to find any peace stepping back. You're going to be very uh, miserable, grumpy. You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm telling you what you're experiencing. You may not understand it, but that's really what it is. That song, Reckless Love of God, chases you down till you're found, leaves the 99. For who? For you. That's what Jesus does. He goes after us, and he makes it personal to us. No matter what you do, you can't get away from it. The scripture says in Romans 6, 11, likewise also, reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And, and, and until you start to say, okay, God, your word says I'm dead to sin. 
reckon, you know, bring it to an account that says, look, I'm dead to this. My body's dead to this. My desire is dead to this. See, that's the whole thing. We begin, we have to begin to push it away. Say, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I am in Jesus. That's not who I am because God has given me a new beginning. And that's not where God wants me to live. Until you begin to say, I'm dead to that. I've died to that. It no longer lives in me. And I'm not going to step backwards and walk in it. Because that's what we do. We step backwards and walk in it. And all of a sudden, we're miserable. And we can't find no peace. You know, when you're in that place, you're pretty grumpy. When you're in that place, you say awfully, awfully bad things to other people around you, especially the people you love. Because you're miserable. Number one, if you think God's going to let you go, you're wrong. You belong to him. Period. And he's going to keep working on you until one day you wake up and say, okay, God, I give in. It's yours. Romans 6, 19 says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Boy, our flesh is weak, I'm telling you. Isn't it funny how we can just get one thought and be moved away from what we know into that one thought? Isn't it amazing? How powerful is it that one thought appears into our mind? And the next thing we know, we're following that thought instead of following what we know we're supposed to be following. It's one thing. I mean, it, it's, it, and we don't guard ourselves from it. In fact, Peter says, gird up your mind. In other words, strengthen your mind against those, against those thoughts, against those, those things that, that have a tendency to try to pull you back, that make you want to give up. Make you want to say, well, God, you know, I just can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. So that's what misery does. It takes us to, to the negative side of our character. Instead of saying, okay, God, I don't want to live there no more. It's a, conscious, it's a conscious choice to live here. You've got all the backing of heaven. You got all the backing of God. You got a, a, the whole backing of everything just to live here. And God will strengthen you in, in any of it to live here. I like what she said this morning about that uh, we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit uh, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit of God is praying the will of God for each one of us trying to move us to where God wants us to go. The thing is, is that it's the weakness of our flesh, and if we don't understand that, it's always going to have its power over us. Jesus died to sin. Jesus became sin for us. He bought sin in his body, and he paid the price of all unrighteousness, he died so that we could have life. 
so that we could have a spiritual life, so that we could walk with God. Not when we get to heaven, right now, so that we could hear the word of God speaking to our hearts by his spirit right now. So he says, just as you used to present your, your members or your body or your thought or your life to uncleanliness and lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, isn't that how it goes? Have you ever done that? You step in someplace where you know you're not supposed to do and how much further it takes you down the rabbit hole? It just takes you further and further down. Well, I can do, you know, and the thing, the further we go down, the worse we feel. It's like God is saying, I don't live there. And if you're going to live there, you're going to be a miserable person. But he says, now, now, instead of doing the things you used to do, now do these things. Present your person, your body, your mind, your life unto the things that are pleasing to God. In other words, unto the righteous things that God is putting into your heart. Live that way. Live that way. Think that way. Walk that way. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's probably a little bit harder. See, all of us grow, grow, grew up doing things a certain way, no matter who we are. We're all taught right from wrong. I hope. Right? And you think in your mind, well, if I just do what I know is right and wrong, then I'll be okay. What's right and wrong for you is not necessarily right and wrong for God in your life. It doesn't really work that way. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. And do not be conformed to this world. You know what that really means? Quit thinking about this world. Quit thinking about what this world, what what you want out of this world. Quit. But be transformed by renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You do it with the Word of God. That's how you do it. You do it when you hear the Word of God. You do it when the Spirit of God is speaking to you. You do it. And then you begin to think on a different plane in your life. Well, this is, this is the will of God. This is what God wants for me. This is where God wants me to live. He doesn't want me to think about those things more. He wants me to start thinking about these things. He wants me to take my mind and renew it in the things that he shows me and that he teaches me, those things that he impresses upon me. He's not going to do it all at once. It's step by step, and as we grow in those things, our life begins to change and be transformed more in our thinking to live a different way. And then we begin to think that way. And as we begin to think that way, that's the way we begin to drive our life. This is what God wants. The Spirit is saying this. The Word of God is saying this. And when you really get a hold of that, it begins to transform you. 
and your spiritual life begins to grow. And your connection with God begins to grow. Your union with God deepens. And pretty soon what you want is this and not this. Ever went to the gym? Anybody go work out? Oh man, pain it is the first week. Oh, right at the beginning, it's, oh yeah, we're all enthusiastic. <laughs> then after about a week, we go, man, I really don't want to do that. Oh, we know we should, but I really don't want to do that. And it's the persistence of keep coming back and doing it day after day. And pretty soon it begins to change how you feel about it, how you think about it. And the next thing you know, you begin to enjoy it. And the next thing you know, you begin to, to begin to reach for new things in it, to become stronger, different, different, you know, that's what that's how it works. That's how it is with our walk with God. In in the beginning, it's all new. It feels really good. But after about a week, we go, well, you know, I don't really want to do that. But it's the persistence saying, but I need to. I need to get up every morning and pray. I need to get up every morning and read my Bible. I need, I need to be about what God wants me to be about. And as we live that, and as we begin to walk that, it begins to give us a desire for more of it. And we want to go deeper. And we want to go, we want to know God in a better way. And so we begin to reach for those things. And the next thing we know, our whole thought life, our whole desire begins to change for those things instead of those things. Look, we're born in rebellion. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. Master your question, how many times did you get your tail swatted when you were a kid? Why? Because we wanted to do what we wanted to do, right? I did school one time in the first grade. Bad news. <laughs> Why? Because that's what we want to do. And the correction of your parents is trying to set us on the right road path. Well, God is chastening us and trying to put us on the road that he wants us to walk. Don't you know he loves you? Don't you understand that God loves you? Don't be hard-headed. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. God wants you to know his perfect will for you. He wants you to know what's acceptable to him. It takes growth. It takes time. It takes persistence to live there. Think about uh, young uh, people who are, I call them cowboys, but ranchers. When they grow up, they don't know how to do anything. When they grow up on the ranch, they have to learn how to rope, they have to learn how to brand, they have to learn how to ride. And I tell you, in the beginning, there's much failure with that. 
They can't seem to get it right. But the more they practice it, the more they do it, the better they become. I watched this, com this thing on the news the other day, this longhorn that ran through a bank or something in, in, in Texas, I guess is where it was at. And here comes a guy on a horse, and he was very well versed in knowing how to rope a cow. The man, he grabbed, he roped that cow, that longhorn, around the neck. He's got horns out there. But he, he roped that cow, and guess what he did? He, he took control of it. That didn't come one time. That come with lots of practice. That comes with a, a, a lot of uh, sometimes enduring things that you have to walk through to get there. But sooner you become good at it. We need to become good at serving God. We need to become good at knowing God. We need to become good at knowing what His will is for our lives and what He approves of, of in us. Young man joined the Navy. He took off last week. Trace, right? I can't get that. I'm terrible with names, but Trace. He wants to be a seal. That's what he wants to be. He joined the Navy. But you know some Going in, he doesn't know nothing. Really, he doesn't. But he's learning this week. He's in boot camp. And by the time he gets out of boot camp, his whole life is going to be regimented to live a certain way. As Christians, we need to regiment our life to live a certain way. And the more we practice it, the more we walk in it, my gosh, the more we're going to do it. I'm probably running out of time already. In Galatians 2.19 it says, For through the law I died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in this flesh by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me and loved me. It's what you have to consider. It's what you have to reckon yourself about. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm dead to this world. I'm dead to those fleshly appetites. And the life I now live in this flesh, I have to live by faith. I have to live by my faith in Him, in God, in Christ. That this is what God has for me. This is where God wants me to go. I'm going to tell you something, right? Some of you, I'm in the, in being a just a mediocre Christian will never get you to the place you want to be, or to the place God wants you to be. You know why? Because God's calling in your life is much deeper than where you're living. Real joy, real peace, real love, real happiness comes when you begin to realize 
that God has so much more for you. You're fighting it. And because you fight it, you're miserable. Jesus is calling. Jesus, it's not me. It's him who's calling you. Stepping up to do the will of God. Uh, I think I'm run out of time. But the whole point is this. In your life, who are you living for? Come on, who are you living for? Are you living for him? Have you given it all to him? Are you saying to him, Lord, I want to go and walk where you are. Lord, I want to feel the freshness of your spirit upon my life. I want to know your presence, God. And God, I want to know you. You can't get there unless you yield to him. You know what I want to say? Let it go. Give it up. Quit living there. The war's in here. The war's in here. It's only when you determine in here to do what God is speaking in here. So I'm saying to you this morning, let that old life go. Let all that garbage go. Give it up. Tell him, Lord, I just want to give it up. You'll have to renew that every day for a while. Every morning you wake up, you just have to say, God, I just want to give it up. Life with Christ is a walk. And it's a day-by-day walk. And it's what you do today that determines the difference of tomorrow one way or the other. When you get up, say, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want to live there no more. Lord, I'm dead to that. And I'm alive to you. Lord, today I just want to live where you want me to be. So as I walk through this day, Lord, show me, teach me, remind me, reveal to me, Lord, where it is you want me to be. Lord, help me and my weaknesses. Give me the strength to do what's right, Lord, according to your will. And as you invite him in, as you allow him into your life every day, and you begin to think about him, you begin to think about what he wants for you, and you begin to move towards it day by day. It's like someone trying to quit smoking. The first day is terrible. Second day is terrible. The third day is terrible. It gets easier on the fourth day. But then it becomes an effort of the mind to fight it. 
And you have to say to yourself, I don't want that no more. I, don't, I want to be free of it. There's one thing about that. The longer you get from it, the less you think about it. And the less you think about it, the freer you become of it. See? And that's what I'm saying to you this morning. Yeah, it's going to be rough a couple of days. But you're going to have to determine in yourself what you want and what God wants for you. And start walking towards it. Amen? Everybody stand up. Put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the waters. Put your hand in the hand of the man who calmed the seas. Put your hand in the hands of Jesus and walk with him. Go with him. Some of you are struggling this morning with what I'm telling you. And the struggle's not going to go away until you yield to the perfect will of God for your life. Once you say, okay, God, I give up. I let it go. And there's not a person who's, who, who lives, that who's ever lived in this life, that hasn't had to make that decision to give up something for something. Walk with God. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week, and may everything you do be blessed by God.